Hi, dance coaches. We are going to continue with part two about preparing your captains and how to make sure they are the positive influential leader that you're looking for. But before I dive in today, I want to check in again with all those dance team coaches out there. If you have official captains and leaders, teaching them how to be the best captain is one of the best investments you can make in your program. And while I fully believe you can do this on your own, I also know that we don't have any extra time in our lives. We don't have a lot of extra time to dedicate to teaching these skills to our leaders. So I have created the self-paced online course for your leadership. So you send your captains through this online leadership program and it'll help establish the positive, dependable leaders that you're looking for without the extra work or time from you, the coach. It's called Journey to Elite Captain, and it's available for you right now. You can visit chelseaparati.com slash courses for more details, or you'll find the link in the show notes wherever you're listening now. When I think about leadership, I love reading biographies from other coaches of all different sports and just looking at how philosophies and how they approach things. And it really helps me guide my own philosophy as a leader and then helps me see like, what do I want to focus on when I'm teaching this to the next generation? And in one of the many books I was reading, I found this quote from legendary basketball coach from Duke, Coach K, who said, it is true that your most talented player can lead you to the promised land, but your most talented player can also lead you to the junk pile. So let's talk about how to make sure your leaders don't take your team into the junk pile. Today, we're continuing on from last week where I talked about three of the key qualities to look for in a captain. So if you choose to have formal leaders, and that's an if, I wanna say as well that you don't have to do this and have to have leaders, it's not always the right choice. But if you choose to have formal leaders, I believe that choosing a captain is one of the first decisions and sometimes most difficult decisions you're gonna make at the beginning of a season. But once the appointment is made, your work has just begun. Developing leadership skills is an ongoing process every day, all season long. You can't assume they will automatically be a good leader. Even if you believe they have the right personality, they have great work ethic, they communicate well, they're a talented athlete, or they've already even demonstrated the skills of being that leader. It doesn't necessarily mean they know exactly what you want them to do once you give them this leadership role. Because a captain's influence is powerful. If you spend the time to specifically help your captains develop into the type of leader you want, you will be able to make sure that their influence is in line with your vision and direction for the team. So let's talk about two key actions you can take to develop strong leadership skills in your captains. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. So the first thing you can do when you're trying to really nurture and establish the leadership skills in your captains is to spend time establishing the relationship you want with those leaders. It's essential at the beginning of a season to have a meeting with your captains and set really clear expectations. What exactly do you expect from them? 
What are their roles and responsibilities? And I recommend you start by asking them what they think their role should be and what they want as responsibilities. Not every captain every season should have the exact same roles and responsibilities. Some responsibilities should be adjusted based on talents and passions. And I like to shift this up every year. If there's things that my leadership team is really good at, I'll let them roll with it. And then the next year, if I don't have a leader who fits that role, I might take that back and I'll give them something else. For example, one year I had a captain who was passionate about music. She just wanted to make sure that we always had a fresh playlist for warm up, great pre-competition pump up playlist. It really mattered to her and she felt like music really set the tone. So that was one of her responsibilities. She still had other more traditional roles, but it was her own little passion project. She was motivated to work hard and do her best in that role as a captain. And I know that our whole team really appreciated those playlists. Another year I had a captain who was passionate about makeup and she researched new team lipsticks that were going to match our costumes, did the tutorials for the team and made sure we had a look that went really well with our, you know, with our vibe and our choreography for the year. And personally, that's not my favorite thing in the world to do. So I was thrilled to let her have it. And another captain was passionate about new and creative strength and conditioning drills. She was on the track team and really wanted to help integrate some of the like sprint drills and just changing things up a little bit to improve our stamina and kind of get out of the box of what we might normally do. She just wanted to keep things interesting and keep and change things up and make sure that we had new and different drills, which I, again, I know the team appreciated when we got to change it up a little bit. So have conversations with your captains so you know what are they passionate about? What are they excited to bring to the role? And find a way to include that in their responsibilities. Meetings like that first meeting should also happen regularly. It was a big mistake I made early on where we would have this big kickoff leadership meeting and then we didn't really have formal check-ins after that. But once I got into a rhythm and I realized how valuable they are, I had weekly captain meetings and you decide what works for you. Once a week was great for us. We would have a specific day that we met before practice. It was consistent. Sometimes it was five minutes, quick and simple. We just check in like what's going on this week, what's coming up that we need to be worried about, any concerns I need to know. You know, sometimes it was 20 or 30 minutes if there was like a really big event coming up or if there was some bigger team issue that they needed to bring to my attention. But whatever your coaching style is, you wanna communicate that to your captains. And a large part of that happens in these just little weekly check-ins. It's your chance to give them a little behind the scenes on what coaching is like. Why do you make the decisions you make? What's your driving force? What are the coaching values that you fall back on? When you really are able to articulate it to them, they can then turn around and articulate it to the rest of the team if they are complaining or don't understand why you did something. And remember that you're a role model first, then they are the role model for the team. So if you let them into your world a little bit, and I don't mean they need to know everything, but if you let them in a little bit, It will help model for them what it's like to be a leader, and it can help them understand how to lead within your coaching philosophy so they are always supporting you rather than going against you. So once you've taken action to really cultivate this relationship and make sure you have a good working relationship with your leaders, the second thing is to talk to them specifically about those roles. Like I said, you want to really dive into that. Your leaders will come into the season with their own preconceived ideas about what their job is as a captain. 
Are they supposed to be loud and motivational at practice? Are they supposed to call sidelines? The challenge here is that their perception of what the job is and your perception of what the job is might be really different. So in one of those early meetings, like I just mentioned, talk to them about exactly what's expected. Going into this discussion about roles, here's something to keep in mind. There's actually three types of peer leadership. And it's important to consider what role your captain plays and make sure you have all the areas covered by one or more leaders. Ideally, you want their strengths to align with at least one or two of these types of leaders and make sure all of them are covered by the whole group. So not every captain is going to be good at everything and nor should they be. And I think it's important that you tell them that. But while you're talking about the what they want to contribute and you're giving them their traditional roles, think through these types of leaders and who's going to fit what role best. So some captains are in charge of what we call task behaviors. They're in charge of just the general tasks, things like uh, being a good example on the field, offering instruction, teaching skills, constructive feedback for their teammates, maybe structuring team meetings, right? Just kind of the daily tasks of being on the team. On the other hand, there are those who might be in charge of social behaviors. And that doesn't just mean planning social events, that could be part of it, but social captains are really in charge of social relationships. Their primary role is providing a feeling of acceptance and belonging and offering general support all year. And the third realm is external leadership, because while task and social roles are really important internal functions, leaders have to also help the team interact with the outside world. So this could be like alumni events or you know media interactions, pep rallies, school ride fundraisers, just events where they are the face of your program in your community. So there's task behaviors, social behaviors, and external leadership. And likely you'll have captains who are stronger in one or two of these areas, but you want to see if you have a whole group of leaders that are going to cover all three because all three of these types of leadership are important and one person's probably not going to cover all three. So what matters is a balance of all three across whoever makes up your leadership team. For many teams, the most talented dancer is also a good captain for the task behaviors, especially if they're a hard worker. If she has the technical knowledge to answer questions for other dancers and her teammates appreciate her feedback because they trust her ability, great. Of course, it's all in the delivery. We can go back an episode where we were talking about communication skills, but not every talented athlete has the character to be in charge of task behaviors. So don't automatically make your most talented team member a leader. During one of my first years as a coach, the most talented dancer was a captain pretty much automatically because I didn't know any better. Uh, We'll call her Ashley. It was not her name to be clear, but she was beautiful to watch, but she absolutely lacked the maturity to be a leader. She assumed she'd be in the front of everything and never helped a friend who was struggling with the skill and rather actually got kind of mad because it would take her teammate a long time to figure it out. She was also a terrible example outside of the team, and as the season got going, she would break team rules or get in trouble with school because she felt like, well, I'm talented enough and just assumed she'd get away with it. There was even one time when I needed help to motivate the team that as we got closer to one of our big competitions, and she sent a text to all the other upperclassmen saying, why bother with an extra Saturday practice? We're not going to win anyway. Ah, really? (laughs) What I didn't fully understand then though, is how much character trumps talent always. So when you're deciding who will lead, choose character 
first. So that little story aside, once you have that captain chosen, and maybe it is your more talented dancer, if they have the right character, they make a great task leader. But you may have a completely different dancer who makes a really good social leader because they're the ones who care about kind of the heart of the team. And their technical ability may have very little, nothing to do with that. And then again, the external leader is going to be a different person that might have better communication skills when they are representing your program in the larger community. So instead of considering talent, consider what role they serve and where they might fit best. And once you've decided on those captains though, have this conversation with them, talk to them about the different kinds of leaders and help create this balance where everyone knows their role, knows their mission and is ready to achieve it. The most important information about these three types of leadership, again, is that no one type of leader is better than another. It's not that the task captain is superior to the external one. And it's not that a captain can only be one. A captain can have lots of those roles. I just think the conversation around your clear expectations and the type of leader that fits their own skill set is a really important conversation to have. So once you have your captains and you, you're just beginning to nurture them to be the leaders you want, You want to spend time establishing that relationship, have those weekly meetings, have those check-ins, and then talk to them about the type of leadership and how their own kind of passion projects can come into this so that you're really utilizing their skills. To wrap this up, when you have your captains, remember that you're trying to develop your dancer's own leadership skills. You're not creating a coach's mini-me. It's easy to expect our captains to lead the way that we lead, but that's not fair to them. Captains are different leaders. They're not your assistant coach, and they shouldn't have the same roles and expectations as a coach. A captain's role is to be inclusive, to be a supporter. So teaching your captains to model that coaching philosophy and finding a balance in their own leadership with consistent check-ins all season will go a really long way into achieving your goals. So what happens when you have a great captain? One of the biggest difference is more team cohesion. The strong leadership brings the whole team together and with more cohesion, you have more unity and your team will be unstoppable this year. If this is helpful, let me know. Send me an email, ask me questions. Talking about this kind of leadership stuff is one of my favorites. So Don't be shy to send me an email, send me a DM on Instagram and ask me your leadership questions. I'm here and happy to support. I hope this was helpful and thank you so much for listening. I genuinely appreciate you being here with me. So thank you for listening and keep sharing your passion for dance.